The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us, as always, it's Portia. Hello, Portia. Macca. Oh, gosh. What's up? Well, look, I'm excited to talk about the batch of SA players this week. Um, yes. It'll be, be entertaining. Uh, I think that, as usual, though, I'll, I'll really enjoy the Victorian players a lot more because there's always just that much more footage and that much more opinion, and usually it's a pretty good batch. But the SA batch is actually quite decent this year, you know? It is a good batch of players. Broadly speaking. Uh, they did win the championships, after all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So then they're not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably one of the good things about, like, when SA and WA have a lot of good players, uh, is that they can actually win the championship because those good players, because of the depth, they have to play every game. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Whereas, you know, Vic Metro, they sort of have had to had to give everyone a go, I guess, sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. Well, before we get started on, uh, on some of that stuff... Mm. Um, Looks like we're playing. It's the Porsche Memorial Cup to start the season next year. Port <laughs> versus Melbourne. <laughs> what it was it about a week after I said I've cancelled my Melbourne membership? <laughs> oh yeah. Damn it. Yeah. No, nah, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> oh dear, that's funny. That makes yeah. me laugh. <laughs> yeah, really good. Honestly, probably not as much as what um, you know us uh, losing by a lot probably will, but uh, oh, I guess we'll wait and see. I just keep, like, <laughs> I'll get through a day and I'll think, oh, this is a nice day, and then I'll think about Chad Wingard just momentarily and go, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. It's a real spoiler. It's not quite at that Josh Carr going to Freo level, but it's it's right up there. Yeah. Um, and when you think about football, I think, oh, yeah, we'll play against Melbourne. Oh, no Chad Wingard. Oh, shit. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Hmm. That's it. Oh, well, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. I don't know. I'm predicting a, a rather large loss, I think, for round one next year. Um, I think Melbourne are looking pretty good. They'll probably improve. Um, they played some really good footy without Hogan anyway uh, to end the season. So it's not like they relied on him um, too heavily, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we've made ourselves worse. So I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll wait and see what happens. But... <laughs> Um, you never know. Last time we played Melbourne in round one over there, we came away with a resounding victory in the first uh, game of the, the Hinkley era. Yep. So hopefully we can do the same again, but uh, probably looking doubtful at this early stage. Well, look, I mean, who knows? We might draft three guys that really play outstanding games in the preseason and then come in round one and just set the world on fire. You never know. Yep. That's it. Well, look, let's uh, let's get into the South Australian players. What were your thoughts on the SA group as a whole this year? Um, look, I mean, it's nice that it's not all all a bunch of guys that are 180 centimetres and shorter, as it has been in some other years. So that's really mm. been a nice bonus. Um, there are a couple of archetypes that do t- seem to crop up with the SA sides. There's another, what, Jack Graham type, I guess, in Valenti, I kind of feel, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always that big boy that just gets to play in the SA side and he gets a lot of the ball and that's about it. Um, but we've got a, you know, a reasonable contingent and we've got a couple of really interesting ones as well. Um, 
obviously everyone's talking Lucosius and everyone's talking Rankin. Rankin's probably a bit more, I guess, common at AFL level, but Lucosius is a bit less common. Um, mm-hmm. And then even someone we're going to talk about today, like Mikhail Lukowiak, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, mm. just the pronunciation. Is uh is gonna is gonna be interesting, I think. Well, what, what I really love, after our discussion again last week about um, the question asking, is there any name that's so bad that you wouldn't draft them? I mean, Mikhail has got a younger brother, Anzac, so that'll be Anzac, fun. yes, Anzac Lachowiak, <laughs> and he's in the academy, so he'll probably be talked about in the next year or so, I guess. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh dear, that's a good one, Anzac. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's great, oh. Anzac Lachowiak. That's good. <laughs> Right, let's get into it. Look, I, I agree. Um, I think this is the best batch of uh, South Australian players that um, that we'll, we've sort of come across since we've been doing the podcast over yeah. the last six years. Even though they've won, I think, two other championships in that time, right at the start. Um, you know, that was full of uh, you know short guys and guys that just weren't ever going to make it at AFL level. Whereas this group has some extreme top end talent. Um, oh which God. we haven't really seen for an SA batch for a number of years. Well, look, I can give you something that's a little bit scary and will make you feel old because it's just made me feel old. The mm. last really good SA batch I can think of was the 2000 draft when you had Diadak and Corns and Sean yeah. Burgoyne. Uh, and that's when these players were born, in the year 2000. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> there you go. Stranger things. Yeah, it took a full 18 <laughs> years for another SA side that, that good. Oof. <laughs> yeah, well, look, that was a very, very good... That, that had Burgoyne, the... Didak, Enright. Scott Thompson. Scott, um, Thompson. Scott Thompson, yeah. I think, I think Brian, yeah. Brian Lake as well. Um, yeah. Kane Corns. Yeah, that was a... Really yeah, that was a, that was a very good, uh, very good draft class, that one. And, mm. um, yeah, look, this one's probably just as good on face value, I would think. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, I guess we'll wait and see what happens in their futures, but... First one off the rank, and um, it's a cracker. It's Jack Lacocious. He's a 195-centimetre right foot. Key forward. Uh, can play down back as well. Uh, but you, you really want him up forward, uh, Jack Lacocious, because he is that good. Uh, believe the hype. That's all I have to say about Jack, is believe the hype. Um, look, he's been uh, hyped up as a potential number one pick for the last two years, probably. And um, I think his uh, his output, his talent, his uh, physical prowess, uh, it all matches the hype, in my opinion. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Like, when when you talk about players that have got some upsides and some downsides, there's a lot to talk about. But with Jack Lacoste, there's really not a lot. You know, he's just extremely solid. He'll be able to play wherever you need him to play, pretty much. Um, I don't know that he's ever going to be like a behemoth, like, you know, a super strong wrestler guy or anything. But he's mm. smart and he runs hard and he marks well and he kicks well and he thinks right and does all the things that you really want. Um, yeah. In a, in a, I guess, a key position player slash maybe wingman, you know? Um, like, that's the sort of background that Warren Treadray came from, isn't it? So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we're talking about here. Uh, mm. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you look at 17-year-old Treaders and... I'm not sure too many would have thought he would become just about the strongest player in the game. That's true. Um, you know, at his at his peak, and I guess that the same could be said for Nick Rewalt as well. You know, Nick Nick Rewalt was a, a super athletic guy, and look, that's who the the closest sort of comparison is with Lukosius. 
you know, Rewalt as a kid was always very, very athletic, super quick. Mm. You know, went on these long searching leads. That's what he was known for. He but at his peak, he was a monster. Yeah. He was an absolute monster at his peak. Oh, yeah. um, probably the most, or just about the most athletic AFL footballer of all time. I would, in my opinion, um, yeah. with that with that powerful um, pace off the mark and strength, and he can take a can, big contested mark um, and go on these long leads and can play you know tight, can play one on one, can play you know loose. And look, Jack Lukosius, there's no, you know, a lot of people say, oh well, he's skinny, he's not very good in contests and all that sort of stuff. But you got to start somewhere, don't you? <laughs> you know, you got to yeah. start somewhere and. Um, there's no absolutely no guarantee that he's going to remain uh, the sort of shape that he is um, for the rest of his career. And there's every chance that he'll end up being a big, powerful key forward at his peak as well. Well, look, he might. Um, I guess any concern, and hopefully he's got a bit more growth anymore, this measurement's inaccurate, is that he's 193 centimetres, which is uh, maybe about an inch or two below where you'd ideally have him. But, um... I'm pretty sure he's 195. Okay, well, I've got 193 on the sheet I got the measurements from, so... Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't just know, just I had 195, Just that little bit under. Just that little bit under for me. But, you know, the rest mm. of it seems to make up for it at this point. But then, you know, Treaders was 193 and Rewalt was 193. Yeah, 20 years ago, Pav mate. Pav was 192 and... <laughs> 20 years ago. All that sort of stuff, so... You know, when they were 18-year-olds, 20 years ago, that's the issue. Yeah, well, Jack, Jack Rewalt's the same and he's still, you know, one of the best... He was, in the what, 2007 draft? 2006? 2006 draft. That's right. He's at his peak now, though. Yeah, 12 <laughs> years later. doesn't matter what happens then. 12 years. No, that's how, many, how many like, monsters? Then, then, he was, then that was adequate height, but now it's not. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, no, with, I'm with, saying, with, what I'm saying is peers, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. Mm. I disagree. I think that uh, the wheel's turning back around to the more, the little bit shorter, more athletic guys. As yeah, opposed maybe. to the, you know, how many superstar 200 centimetre key forwards are there in the league? It's not too many. Mm, I guess we'll see. Yeah, you got a couple, but um, I would say at the moment, the uh, the fad towards, you know, 200 centimetre key forwards um, has probably been a big flop <laughs> overall, uh, I reckon. Well, for me, I, I kind of feel like part of that is... We're getting distracted here, but I think part of that we is are. because our, uh, the general flow of the game seems to have gone away from uh, structured delivery into the forward line for most yeah. teams, and I think that hurts big forwards more than anything else. Maybe, maybe. Look, back to Jack, because that's what it's all about. Yeah. And um, look, he's been a star for the last two years. He's been an absolute star. He had a wonderful bottom age season last year. Um, you know, he just missed out on all Australian selection. Oh, I know a couple of people in the AFL industry thought that was a bit of a joke. He absolutely deserved All-Australian last year mm. um, as bottom major. He kicked four goals on SANFL de- debut in a prelim final, for God's sake. That's uh, that's uh, that's pretty rare. <laughs> pretty rare for a 16, 17-year-old. Um, and look, he's top age this year. He just grew on that sort of form. And you know, he ended up playing 13 SANFL games for Woodville West Torrance. Kicked 14 goals, averaged 12 disposals game. Uh, and he was a gun at the champs. He kicked nine goals for the champs, led the competition in marks with uh, seven and a half per game to go with 14 and a half disposals. And um, his best game was certainly against WA at Albert and Oval that I went to, and he kicked uh, four goals, took 14 marks, and just dominated, absolutely dominated. Very good. I don't have anything else so to you... say, Maka. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you like about him? <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. 
<laughs> All of it. Done. Let's, yeah. let's just, just erase the last five minutes and just put tick. <laughs> tick. That's it. Well, look, you know, he can do it all. He's he's very quick. He can mm. change direction like, this is going back, like Darren Smith in his prime. Mm. <laughs> Um, you know, he can just sort of stop and turn like uh, no one else you've seen. Um, and he is probably the best kick in the draft to go with it as well. Um, his ability to just perfectly weight kicks to a leading target is unlike a player in the draft. Um, his ability to kick goals from all angles. He's got the, the best pure um, kicking action, the best pure set, set shot action. Um, okay, Mac, you know. Me. Let me turn this around. What don't you like about Lucosius? Uh, not much, really. Not much. I, you know, a lot. As I said, a lot has been made for his maybe lack of, com, you know, contested ability. But okay. that's not really a bad thing because he's running people ragged. That's yeah. why he's, you know, he doesn't need to be a contested <clears throat> beast at this stage because he's quicker than his opponent. And he's getting himself free. He's smarter than his opponent. He's getting himself free inside 50 all the time. That's why he's not a contested beast. Because um, no one can keep up with him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the most athletic player in the draft. Um, and look, again, a lot has been said. He is a once-in-a-generation key forward. And he looks like being... He's certainly the best key forward junior since Nick Rewalt um, came through the system. And um, look, whether he ends up with a career like like Nick or Treaders or, or anyone else, I guess we'll wait and see. But um, all signs uh, point to him being a pretty magical player at this stage. Yeah. Now, I guess the big question, we talked last week about who our top fives were. Um, despite Sam Walsh being a Victorian, do you think Carlton picked Lucosius pick one? No. I think they'll pick Walsh. Oh, I, I don't know. I, rec- I reckon if I was Carlton, I'd still pick Lucosius. I really do. I think it's to do with need. And look, look, all credit to Sam Walsh, and we'll talk <laughs> about him. They don't need Lucosius. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think they need. I think they need a, a, a gun midfielder a bit more because they've got Kerno, yeah, they've got McGovern Mika. now, they've got Mackay, they've got they've got tolls. They've got quite a few tolls. But you see, that's the um, thing. You just talked about. And look, it is a one. I, I understand that. I understand that. But look, Sam Walsh. We'll talk about him in a few weeks' time. But he's he's probably the best midfielder out of the last five or six years as well. So you, you can't really go wrong if well, you're no, Carlton, no matter who cynical. you pick. Allow me to be cynical. Uh, you talked about because he's being a once in a generation forward, and I agree. Um, and how often is the top five got like a legitimate, you know, key position player um, that is like an absolute dead cert? Yeah. Uh, whereas every year there's a mm. good, really good midfielder that can go number one. So there if is. I was Carlton, I would still be thinking Lukosius because if they have a shit year in next year, they'll be in line to pick up a, you know, if not the the top midfielder, they'll be able to line, pick up pick uh, number two or three if they have a shit year next year. You know, that, that that is true. I guess the other thing that comes into it is the go yeah, home factor. Um, yeah, but they'll with get Jack, there, there's been there's been quite a few rumours that he's put it out there that he's not too keen on leaving South Australia. And that he'll be sort of one and done. The brown paper bags um, will be flying, Macca. I understand Carlton are well known for brown paper bags, but um, Kernahan yeah, will I don't get know. In there I don't know. Look, he's number one on my list. If I had picked one, I'd be picking Jack Lacocious for sure. But I, I think, think there's no Carlton, doubt Carlton pick him really. No, I reckon there's a lot of doubt, and I reckon I reckon they'll go Walsh. 
Um, they whether it. they we'll rue the fact that they picked Ron Walsh, I guess we'll wait and see. But look, the, yeah. the, the, the lowest that he's going is two. That's it. It'll be easy um, for us to get him back from Gold Coast and Carlton, there's no doubt. Yeah, possibly. Probably. Oh, come on. Probably. I guess we would hope that he goes to Gold Coast then. Yeah. Um, so you've got him number one I do, on your yeah. list? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. The more I've thought about it, just because of that rarity factor, you know, because um, it's so infrequent that you get a player of that calibre available that, you know, that is genuinely worth that pick. Um, mm. it's, like you said, Nick Rewell, I mean, he was a number one pick, again, in year 2000. We're getting back to year 2000 again. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that that would be silly not to pick him. So does he deserve the hype? that he's been given. Oh, yeah? I mean, I, I, I think that when you watch him play, if you're not... If, if you're just a fairly superficial football watcher, like, he doesn't... It's like what we said about um, Todd Marshall in, in his draft year. Like, his face doesn't look as excited uh, as maybe it could. You, like, you see Isaac Rankin and he's just all energy on the field, yeah? Yeah. Um, when you see Lukosis, he's just sort of more placid, I guess. It's not quite the word yeah. I mean, but more concentrating, more um, just, you know, being fairly serious about his football. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe, and he just gets the job done. And he just gets it done. Like it's not necessarily with again. It's not with Rankin style flash and whatever else. It's just you know he just does it. He just gets it done. Yeah. But yeah. flash. Look, flash comes in many ways. Obviously, oh, Rankin's yeah. got the X factor and can kick the magical goals and do the the Wingard type stuff and big marks and, and what have you. But oh my god, the the things that Lukosius can do with the bowl. Oh, yeah. um, even, even though it's pretty stock standard stuff, it's you know stock standard times a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. it just barely, you know, pretty rarely makes a mistake. He just uh, he just knows how to use the ball, uh, knows how to run, knows where to run. Um, yeah, he, he's amazing. He's amazing. I wish now, we had pick one. Yeah, I was going to say. Good? Now, now I was going to say. Now may we move on to uh, because I think that anyone listening in will be thinking, yeah, that's enough time talking about this player. We definitely can't get. Let's talk to the ones maybe we can. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, going on that, uh, another player that we're not going to get, and that's uh, Mahail Lakawia, um, who's a 184 centimeter, 80 kilo, uh, small defender, halfback flanker from uh, from Sturt, mm. who uh, is part of Adelaide's Next Generation Academy. So they'll ah. have first dibs on him. Um, what do you? I want to hear your thoughts on Mahail first. I find him fascinating, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not all positive and not all negative. He's one of the oddest players you see. Like he has an absurdly high center of balance. You just see his whole body mm. rotate around his shoulders. It's quite a yes. thing to see. He's got uh, the biggest <laughs> shoulder to body ratio. <laughs> Of any human I've seen well, since Dwight Howard. It's kind of I a slimmed-down version of a rugby player uh, build, really. You know, when they want the, the upper body bulk and then, you know, the fairly skinny legs to sort of wiggle through gra- uh, gaps, which is kind of how he plays. Um, the only AFL mm. player I could, I could sort of compare him to was like a Dustin Fletcher type, but he's a fair bit shorter than Dustin was. Yeah. But I just mean in terms of his gait, his high centre of balance, how he runs. Yeah. Um, he's, um... Yeah. I, I, I remember, and it did make me chuckle, and it's probably a little bit rude for Mahal, but... Um, someone on Big Footy back around the championships time, I can't remember, it might have been Filthy, I think, but uh, said that he looks like a human pizza slice, <laughs> just his body shape. Um, yeah. uh, and he, he is, he's, yeah. he's fairly triangular because um, he he's just got these these huge shoulders, which just look out of proportion. Um, but it's, it's quite strange. But 
what do you think of him in a football sense? Um, look, I like that he takes the game on, and he usually he doesn't seem to be terrible at it. The one thing that concerns me is that he he's not as fast as he looks. Yeah, like you see someone that runs like mm. he does and that plays the style of game that he does, and you sort of your brain sort of says, "Oh, that guy's fast," but he's not. He's he's okay. Mm. He's he's adequate. But is he AFL fast? I don't think he's AFL fast. Um, I disagree really? on a couple of points that you okay. made there. I reckon right. he is AFL fast. I reckon he's got oh, reckon? genuine pace and genuine X factor. Um, I love his aggression. So I disagree on that. I, I think, think he's he got does acceleration, have the pace. but I'm not convinced on the pace. That's the, that's but the thing. I also think that his footy IQ is miles off. So I think he takes the game on and has. He's like Jasper Pittard. Yes, on I agree. Steroids, this guy. He, he runs off and literally has seems to have no idea what he's going to do, where he's going to run. He just t- takes the ball and runs. Yeah. Often into trouble, gets caught, stuffs it up, handballs to an opponent, kicks I it like to an that, opponent. Though. It's, well, you know, do you need it? Do you, do you need this no, sort of stress no, and I blood guess. pressure raising when I, you're trying to watch a game of football? It's meant to be I, entertainment. You're not meant to feel sick while you do it. <laughs> to, to be fair, I hadn't quite finished my uh, description, which is also he looks extremely raw. And I had him down as late draft. I'm not sure when, but there might be some club that will just get completely you know, entranced by the potential upside and put in a bit a bit yeah. early. But is, is he the complete package? No, he's not the complete package. But he's got some no, really... He's, he's miles off. But, but the got, raw tools He's got fascin- are pretty he's fascinating. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad that he's an Adelaide signed player because I'd hate to be in a position where Paul have to think about whether they want to take him or not. <laughs> yeah, the, the first time I saw him was probably the best game I've seen him in, and he didn't make too many mistakes then, and just took the game on and ran with the ball and thought, "Oh God, this guy looks like a gun. I can't wait to see where he goes in the draft." And I looked in, oh, crows, great, fantastic. <laughs> And then ever since I've ever since I saw him since then he's just made a lot of mistakes and runs himself into trouble and but look if you can sort that footy IQ out his physical traits are phenomenal for an AFL player I think um, it's just whether that footy IQ can get up to some form of acceptable level where he's not yeah. turning the ball over every second time he gets it yeah, um, yeah. so it, it probably makes someone that. If he had decent IQ, he would be probably a top 25, 30 pick, I reckon. Um, but I reckon he definitely doesn't go in the national draft. Okay. And uh, it w- wouldn't surprise me if the Crows had him oh, as a rookie pick. They'd have to, wouldn't they? Just a speculation, really. You, you probably have to. Um, and on the odds, his little brother works out well. You know, there's the He's meant to be a lot more talented. There you um, go. Yeah, the, so. the word is that he's looking like a very, very good player. Um, but go. look, as I said, you know, he, he could make it. He could make it. You sort that out, he could make it. So, yeah, exciting. Um, Crows, Crows might get a freebie there. And, um, Probably not. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with uh, with Mihail Lokowiak. I just want him to play games just to hear someone try and pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Polish, I guess. The, the WIAC ending. Hmm. Oh, who knows? Usually. It's just a, scr- a Scrabble board, I think. I don't know, but oh. um, the the next uh, the next player we're going to talk about one of my favourites, Jackson Haitley, mm. who is um, okay. 
190 centimetre, 81 kilo, inside, outside, midfielder, can play as a third toll forward as well. Um, comparison is probably someone like Jack Zebel, I think. Okay. Um, look, he's another that's had a, a stunning couple of seasons, just like Jack Lukosius. Uh He was outstanding as a bottom age player at the championships last year, averaged uh, almost 20 disposals a game for South Australia. He was a bit more of an outside midfielder. He grew a little mm. bit, got a bit stronger, came back this year as more of an inside guy and um, made All-Australian as well with uh, 22 and a half disposals, six clearances a game. And um, even more impressive has been his form at SANFL senior level for Central Districts, uh, where he's averaged um, 18 disposals and a goal a game for their senior side um, across uh, across the whole season, which is, uh, which is fantastic form. Where do you see him at AFL level, Mecca? I see him as a, a, a pretty... Pretty good AFL midfielder, I reckon. You reckon? Is what I see him at. I see him, as I said, I see him as a bit of a Jackie Zebel type, maybe a little bit of Brad Ebert sort of in there. Um, I think he's got pretty good athleticism. I think he's a natural ball winner. Um, he knows how to get first hands on the ball at stoppages. Uh, I love that. I love the quick gives that he can give out of a pack. I think they're that's pretty special that he can do that. He's a one touch player. Um, and look, he finds a lot of the ball on the outside as well. Yeah, that's um, which which I love, which I really like. He can play up forward. Um, you know, he can play as a marking sort of uh, small uh, forward. He's got a good kick for goal. Um, look, there's a lot to love about Jackson Hately. Uh, I have a feeling that you're going to tell me what you don't like about him. The, it's not the. For me, he feels like a player in transition, and I don't know where it's going to end up. In okay. that, what you talk about him being an outside player, but then he's got a bit bigger and he's starting to play inside. That explains a lot because that's kind of what I felt like. He, you know, he's got the body to be a bit more crunch and bash, and he's he hasn't learnt that yet. So that's something he's got to learn, and then they've got to work yeah. out whether that's he's good a bit for more graceful. Game. He's a yeah. bit more graceful than he, your sort of yeah. raging bull Holly like, Wines junior like, type. Yeah, like when he tackles, like don't get me wrong, he tackles ferociously. But when it comes to actual, you know, not not just you know wrapping a guy up in you know, throwing him to the ground. When it comes to, like, winning the ball and maybe getting in there with a hip and shoulder or, you know, just using your body strength to to win, I'm not... I haven't seen anything that I really like. His outside play is good, but for me, I just... I, I wonder... Because it's, I'm saying he's in transition, it's because I wonder if his body is going to keep going more that, hey, buddy, you're going to be an inside mid, and whether his game will keep up with that change. Uh, yeah, and I'm not saying he's going to be nothing... But mm. I, I do feel like he's he's further from being the dead cert um, that I th- probably thought I was the thought he was before I started looking a bit more into him. I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't think he's a dead cert to be a superstar. I think he's I a de- dead cert to be at least um, a competent regular AFL contributor um, of someone like a Jordan Lewis sort of standard. Oh. I can. I think that's where I sort of see him fitting um, with, me, with yeah. some possibility of him going a little bit further of that. It feels a little bit like, and I'm going to, I'm going to put him ahead of this player I'm about to mention, um, but it feels a bit, a little bit like Andrew Moore. Um, and hold on. In the, no. way, in, in the way that he doesn't, I don't know what his position is. Yeah. I don't know what his position is. He's got the big body and you can see the potential there, but he's got to put it all together. Mm. And, 
Yeah. No, I think that's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. No, as I said, I said I'm, I said I'm putting Haley ahead of Andrew Moore, mm. but I, I feel like there's a similar dilemma, um, which is you know obviously counteracted by the fact he's probably got a fair bit more talent and a fair bit more brain than Andrew Moore uh, had as a footballer, I guess. Uh, but I kind of feel like for me that's like I was wondering why they were talking about him like you know pick ten, eleven, or, or maybe later, and I was sort of more seeing why that's the case now, and that he could be like you know a real end of first round. Second round type player potentially. Yeah, I think the difference between that is, is I think Jackson is a genuine midfielder. Yeah. Um, And whether he fits as being a pure inside type or a little bit more of an outside inside type midfielder, I guess we'll wait and see. But the thing with Andrew Moore is that even though he had a really good championships in his draft year, he was still like he wasn't really a midfielder then. He was playing as a he was playing in a back pocket. He was playing in a forward pocket yeah, as a third-tall forward. And we just tried to make him into a midfielder. That's true. Um, so I think that's probably the difference there, whereas I think Jackson's got a lot more pure midfield ability. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, I agree on that. And, again, that's why I put him ahead of Andrew Moore. But I, mm. I just do feel like there's a lot of learning. Like, this this kid is not one that I would expect to, like, be instantly... Knowing who he is with that sort of self-assured coming game round one next year sort of vibe, I think that he's got a got a lot to work out, and that's not a negative. That you know, a lot of players, most of the players, the vast majority of players in this draft have got a lot to work out. But that's mm. when you're talking like a guy that's sort of verging on top ten, mm, maybe, maybe not. So I think you'll play round one. I think you'll play close to every game next year. Okay. Um, that's cool. I guess we'll wait and see. Um, Look, yeah. he could probably shore up his disposal a little bit. He could be a little bit cleaner with his kicking yeah, sometimes. he's a bit inconsistent there. Um, but outside of that, as I said, I think I think he's likely to be a pretty consistent performer at AFL level. I, I love the kid. I reckon I've got him in my top seven. Wow. Um, and I would be absolutely chuffed to bits if we picked him up with pick 10. Yeah, I, I, if he was there at 15, I'd think, yeah. I wouldn't want him at 10, I think. Mm. I don't think he'll be there at 15. I, I think, um, look, there's a, a big chance that we won't even get the chance to pick him with pick 10. Because if the Crows pick... Oh, yeah, maybe keep, If the Crows keep pick 8, uh, I would say he's almost a sure thing to go there. Um, okay, cool. Even Gold Coast at 6 might be half a chance. Well, if, if Gold Coast do it, people have sort of thought where they get Lucosius and Rankin and why not keep picking South Australians, right? Yeah. Look, Geelong <laughs> at 12 might be another chance. Yeah, yeah, um, maybe. Because they need some, some youthful mids coming through. Frio at 14, I think, as well. Um, I think he's ab- the, the latest he's absolutely going to go is probably the Crows at pick 16, you would think. Okay. Yep. Um, but I, I think he'll go a fair bit before then. Yeah, I will, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think I think that you know our pick fifteen is probably around that mark. If you if you're positive on him, um, mm. I, I, if he if he goes top ten, I'll be a little bit surprised because I mean there's still a lot of good Victorian guys we could be talking about. Yeah. All right, so he's one to watch. He's one to put an asterisk next to yeah, as um, a potential draftee <laughs> on draft night for Port Adelaide. Yep. So. Uh, next one is Aaron Nitschke, who's a 183 centimeter midfielder. And yeah. also plays a small defender. He's a bit of a utility, this guy. Um, look, he was a star 
in South Australia this year. He played mm. at all three levels. He won the uh, under-18 SANFL MVP award. He averaged uh, 32 touches, five clearances, and a goal a game at under-18s level. And uh, did play three senior games for Centrals as well. Uh, at the champs, he was all right. He was okay. He played three games. He averaged 14 disposals and four marks. He was a pretty decent contributor there. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Nita? The first thing, he looks so little. Like he's not he's not that little, but he just looks so little. Um, he's got the yeah. footy brain, which is hugely important. Like he's got the footy brain. He gets to the right spots. He does everything you need. He's got the work rate. Um, for me, like he's the classic example of the guy that you delist Snelling for. <laughs> you know, like people yeah. might think, oh, we should have kept Snelling on extra year. Like, no, 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 that's not what you do. You get rid of the Snelling because it just didn't work out fast enough. And then you give a shot to Aaron Nitschke if he's still around in the rookie draft, in my view. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him. I, I think that he's a long way from a sure thing because you've got, always got to, with the little guys, you always got to um, elevate, you know, work out whether they'll have a place at AFL level. But I think it's entirely mm. likely he will, you know. Because he has got the brain, he has got those non-physical assets that'll help him out, um, and of course he's got that work rate as well to go with it. I, I think that he's, I think he's got enough that he's a real, he's a chance, uh, and yeah. I'd be happy for us to take that chance. Yeah, look, he's one that I'm surprised there hasn't been a little bit more press about. Um, yeah, he's pretty much not been spoken about at all, um, which is a little bit surprising because I think he's a a really good little foot, footy player. Um, as you said, he's not all that little. 183, it's, a, it's an okay size. Uh, he does look a little bit small out there, but um, I just like that he does everything pretty well. Like, he doesn't really make many mistakes. He runs to the right spots. He's a really good receiver of the ball. He's got pretty good pace. Um, and he's a fine user of the footy. Like, he doesn't really turn it over all that much. And look, he doesn't take a lot of risks with the ball, um, and maybe that might count against him. Um, but he just knows how to find targets and keeps the ball moving in the right direction. Um, and look, he's a natural accumulator. He can pick up a lot of the ball. He can play outside. He can play inside. He can play as a flanker. He can play as a forward flanker. Um, look, I think there's a lot to like about him. I think that when it, another thing to keep in mind, it doesn't come up often with South Australia, but the thing to keep in mind in South Australia is also that um, I think when players don't go to one of the football high schools like Sacred Heart, you know, when they don't mm. go there, then maybe they fall a bit more under the radar than they probably should. Um, like he's yeah. from, down from Udunda, apparently. Um, so, uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Where <laughs> do you see him fitting in at AFL level? What sort of role do you think he could play? Rover. <laughs> Rover. Rover, Look, yeah. I've got two two sort of roles for him. I can see him playing that sort of Travis Bokey high half-forward type role where he can sort of get free and then okay. use the ball going back inside 50. But I can also see him being... Um, a bit like a Kane Cornsey type, as a bit of a tagger who can pick up a lot of the ball. Honestly, I just like him in the guts at ground level, really. Mm. Like not as your primary midfielder, he's probably your third midfielder around yeah. a contest, around a stoppage. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to give him tutelage of late career Robbie Gray, oof, yeah, I like that. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. good. That'd yeah. be nice. I think, I think that they would We'd all love bit, that. That would work uh, in terms of. I think there's a lot that Robbie Gray could teach a player exactly like Aaron Nitschke. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm really unsure where he goes at, in the draft. Look, I've got him at pick 35. I've got him ahead of quite a few other highly rated 
South Australians who made All Australian, which we'll talk about in a minute. But okay, yep. Um, yeah, I've got him thirty five, which is probably higher than most. I think his draft range is probably sort of fifty to rookie draft. I would think. Mm. Um, I do look if he's there in the rookie draft and he's there at our first pick, I would snap him up quicker than would, anything. Would, would you take him at eighty five? Uh, do we still have eighty five? Is that still a live pick? Haven't we got one person still that could be listed? Uh, don't know. I'm not sure. Well, so. if we do, then yes, absolutely. I would take him there, definitely, mm. without yeah. a doubt. Yep. Um, if not, yeah. Look, he's he's one of the players that I'm spewing that we gave up our picks in the 40s for because okay. I would have loved him with pick 49 or something like that. Um, but look, there's a chance he goes before then. Um Hopefully not, because I would love him. And look, he's another one to put an asterisk next to on draft night, because I think uh, if he's there in the rookie draft, we could, uh, as you said, he's the sort of player that you want to sort of bring in on a rookie draft, because there's a lot of natural talent there. Um, Maybe his ceiling's not very high um, compared to other players, but um, I think he's got a good likelihood of of reaching his ceiling. Yeah, I think the ceiling's pretty high, but I think there's always that, I think the chance that he does nothing at all at AFL level is extremely high. Mm. That's, that's kind of it. Like it'll either you'll see within about five games if it's going to work, or less than five games probably if he gets to AFL level, you'll see yep. within two or three if it's going to work or not, and then you can make that call. Yep. Fair enough. Next player we're going to talk about is Luke Valenti, who's from Nord. Yeah. He's a 186 centimeter uh, midfielder uh, slash small utility. Um, he was one of the stars at the champs. Um, he won all Australian selection. Uh, was the state captain, uh, won the SA MVP award at the champs. He averaged 22 touches and uh, five and a half tackles and clearances a game uh, to go with three inside 50s as well. So uh, he was a very good performer um, at the national championships for SA. What are your thoughts on uh, on Valenti? What I've really enjoyed about this year um, of draft for the SA is how much players conform to regional stereotypes. Like Luke Valenti, that's just the most Nord name. He's the most Nord. <laughs> he's the most Nord type player, uh, and honestly, uh, he's just he plays the Nord style. And there's not another player we'll talk about tonight that also does Nord style. Um, mm. He's but he's the he's the this year's a South Australian underage big boy. You know that, that's you know he's yeah. this year's man child. Um, yeah. He look he's he's got some things going for him. He's obviously he's the captain of the side, and he, the players probably like him and whatever else. But he's just slow, and I don't mean foot slow, I mean like disposing, I mean thinking, I mean making decisions, all those things that, you know, the best players are like that fast, you know, he's just slow, and I don't, he's not going to get faster, he's not particularly flexible, um, but he he's in the right spot, so at underage level, it works yeah. well for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, he's, he, he's got the red flag for me, uh, I, I don't want him at port. Yeah, he's a hunter, Luke yeah. Valencia. I reckon he hunts the bowl quite a bit. I like his decision-making in close, I think, is really good. Um, when he gets it more around the ground, I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced about yeah. him as a whole. I've got him a bit lower than most. I've got him at 36. Um, so I think a lot of people have him in that sort of 15 to 25 sort of range. And look, it's it's likely that's where exactly where he's going to go come draft night. He'll be picked in that sort of fifteen to thirty range, I think. Um, he, he's exceptionally well built, as you said. He's a bit of a man child. He's well built already. 
he can slot in pretty much straight away at AFL level, you would think, uh, physically at least. Um, but there's just something that I don't really like about him. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if he's the... You spoke about Andrew Moore before with um, uh, with Haitley, and I feel like Andrew Moore's a bit more of a comparison to Luke Valenti, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because I can just, I can just see Valenti not really having a position at AFL level. Like, um, is he smart enough as an inside midfielder? Because that's the type of role that he'll be playing. Is he smart enough as an outside midfielder? Maybe not. You know, does yeah. he get thrown in a forward pocket? Does he get thrown in a on a in a back pocket to start with, sort of thing? Is he going to end up, you know, a player without a position like Andrew Moore was? Like, for me, because he's kind of slow, I feel like he needs separation. Like, he's not always slow. When he can just do things without using his brain, he's okay. But that gets picked off instantly at AFL level. Mm. Um, but if you're going to play him in defence, like, you need him to have space. So, which means he's probably a back pocket guy that you kick to and then he kicks down the line. But he's he's not good enough for that, really. Like, if they man up, he'll be the guy that looks down field and frowns and sort of waves his hand around and then kicks to a contest and it goes out of bounds or something. You know, he's not the guy that will create a, a realistic option from defence, in my mind, if he did play in there at AFL level. I, yeah. I just don't I don't see the upside there, really. And if a club picks him in there in the main draft, I think they've made a mistake. Yeah. Um, look, I think he's half a chance with Port's 15. I think he's oh, a. No, he's a, he's no. a, I think no. he's. You no. might be a little surprise pick there. Um, <laughs> you know, we love our state captains, and um, you know we've we've drafted quite a few of them over the years. And uh, you know, he's a local guy, and yeah, he was MVP. And look, look, there's, there's probably a lot of teams out there that do rate him quite highly. Right. I, I have no doubt about that at all. But fantastic, um, pick him, pick him, you other clubs, pick him. Yeah. Yeah, look, he's. I, I like his brutability in the packs because he sees ball, gets ball, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, so that yeah. sort of player. Maybe again, he, very he lacks a bit of polish. <laughs> he lack he lacks polish, um, but at underage level, he's got the job done. If he could and play he's played every... some really good footy for Nord at uh, <laughs> at reserves level and under eighteens level this year as well. If he could play every game at AFL level on Nord Oval, he'd probably look a lot better. <laughs> That's it. As I said, I think he's a slim chance for 15, so put a little asterisk next to him, no, no, his no. name. I refuse. I refuse. No. I think Crows at 16 would be a big chance. Oh, please. I think, I think the Crows at 21 would be an even bigger chance. Oh, please. Uh, West Coast with 20 or 22, mm-hmm, I think they're, mm-hmm. they might be half a chance. <laughs> Melbourne at 23, now, maybe. Um. <laughs> You know, maybe, well, probably not Gold Coast because they got Will Brody. He's yeah. a better, more polished version. But um, uh, I, I can't see him dropping. You know, maybe he might get to Essendon's 34 because um, they need inside mids. And um, and if he's there at that stage, then um, then that's probably the lowest he's going to go. Who was that, a couple of years ago, who was that Central Districts player that just plummeted from... Like everyone was saying, oh, he's going to go late first round, and he just kept dropping and dropping. I can't, remember, I don't think he even got drafted. Do you remember who that was? Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I remember I... Peter Bampton from um, from Nord, who everyone had as okay. to start yeah. with as like that sort of uh, late first round sort of pick. That that was in the Ben Jacobs draft, I reckon. Everyone wanted us to pick oh, God, Peter Bampton with the with the Jacobs <laughs> pick, and then he didn't even get drafted at all. 
And uh, oh, you're not thinking of Jonty Sharonberg, are you? Yeah, Jonty Sharonberg. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly who I'm thinking of. Thank you, Maka. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look, there is a little bit of uh, Jonty in Luke. I would say mm. a little bit. Um, I think he's probably got a bit more hurt factor than what Jonty. Jonty, look, old Jonty Sharonberg. And this is why he didn't get drafted. Is just every time he got the ball, he just looked sideways or backwards. Like his his meters gained across the entire under-18 season probably would have been negative because uh, that's all he did, whereas at least Luke is more sort of get-ball, bang-ball-forward sort of thing. At least he's going in the right direction. Mm, mm, um, mm. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, that's what that's what I'm sort of foreseeing for his draft this year. Yeah. Kind of... Look, if he's, there, if he's there at 15 and we pick him, then I'm going to be scratching my head a little bit, but... Um, I'm breaking my computer. Look, I'm, I'm sure he's got a lot of fans. He's got a lot of fans out there. So you have to play the. We'll, um, we we'll apologise for these technical difficulties. Thing tune. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sorry. Porsche's melting has uh, melted the computer, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, next player. We're going to talk about Jez McLennan, another oh, yeah. All Australian for South Australia. Yeah. Um, he's a 183 centimetre small defender. Uh, kind of a little bit like Luke Ryan, who's now at Frio. Okay. Um, he's just an intercept defender, yeah, really. Yeah. That's that's what he does. That's what he knows. That's what he tries to do all the time. Is just um, zone off his player and um, take marks in front of the pack. He's a little bit one-dimensional. But what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, on, uh, exactly Jez. that. I've written down here. He he'll be a good player in a complete defensive system where they can account for the fact, but. He's entirely ball-focused, and he plays more like a counter-forward rather than a defender, uh, if you know what I mean by that. And then I sort of asked, is he a defender, or is he someone that plays a, a, a kind of an accountable wingman that can take the mark on when it comes downfield, like as a potential you know, upfield turnover guy? Um, is he that guy? I'm not sure that he's got the height and speed for it. So I think you're probably right. He's probably just really kind of a one-dimensional intercept mark. Look, I'm not sure. Again, I don't know what his position is going to be at AFL level. I, I don't think yeah. he's going to be able to do what he's done in his no. junior career at the highest level. Because well, team, teams won't allow it. Teams won't allow it, and he's got to find some more strength to his bow other than just zoning off and taking a mark in front of a pack. Because yeah. um, yeah. opposition teams will shut that down pretty quick. And not only that, like he doesn't have the height and leap to make it to make it happen anyway, <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, that's he's, it. He's yeah, not a James yeah. Sicily in that regard no, or a Jeremy right. Howe where he's, you no, know, he 188 and has a huge leap. Yeah, no, he's um, not. And, you know, his opponent's not going to get near him. He's 183 centimetres with no leap, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And, uh, look, he's he's tough and he puts himself in that hole and he gets hit and he's got incredibly sticky hands. So he's got that. He does take those marks. Uh, he goes through them, and he takes them more often than not. So he does have that about him. Um, but I just don't see yeah. where he fits in, a, in an AFL environment at this stage. Like, if if, you, if he's very much a project player, because you have to teach him to be a defender, not just a ball hunt, a ball hawk. Um, mm. If you could do that, you could sort of say, yeah, if he, if he could get in a, in a system with a, in a, in a team with a really good system defence where they work really well as a unit, he could become maybe a Shannon Herney type, but he's probably not. He's not as diverse in terms of his skill set. Um, yeah. I, I think that if, if he goes to a team that doesn't already have a rock-solid defence, like he's going to do nothing, 
Uh, and if he mm. does go to like a, like a Hawthorne or something like that with a late pick, then there's a chance they'll turn him into an adequate AFL player. Yeah. But probably not much more. Yeah. Look, there's the chance that he does sort of a Burn Jones type job um, at AFL level, sort of. Mm. He, he can learn that sort of more defensive side and um, can play as that sort of extra number at the back of a stoppage sort of thing for the quick kick. I think that's the sort of role that he's likely to play at AFL level. Um, I, he does everything okay. Like, he's an okay kick, but he's not he's not incredibly great. Um, he doesn't have a lot of pace. He's pretty stock standard in that regard. Um, but he does have that one exceptional trait, and that's reading the play and, and taking good marks in front of a pack. Um, look, uh, a lot of people rate him very, very highly. And, you know, he was All-Australian, um, so he's very capable. And I think he will go that sort of... He'll go in the second round, I would think. Um, might be a, might be a slight chance he might drop a little bit, but um, I can't see it happening. Because I think teams will look at that sort of intercept play and look, that's all the rage at the moment. And they'll think, well, you get someone that can do that already and you try and build the rest of his game around around that uh, around that trait nah I don't think so I, I mean I think that teams are pretty hot on team defences these days um, mm. and you can't like we've talked about that you know many times in the past like back going back to the Peter Burgoyne in defence like you can't just have one designated person performing the role they've got to be more diverse than that because you've got to be able to move people around for matchups and I don't, I don't, I don't. I think that someone might turn this one trick into a useful asset for a team but I don't think they're going to pay much for the privilege as far as drafting. Yeah, I think he'll go second round. I think that's oh, where he's likely to I go. I'd be surprised. But if he does, I'd... good luck to him. Good luck to him. That's <laughs> it. Look, I think um, someone like GWS might look at him. I think the Dogs oh. might look at him as well. Maybe Brisbane, again, possibly Essendon as well. Um, I don't think he'll fall beyond sort of mid-third round. I think that's probably his limit. Um, but again, good luck to him. And, well, can um, I be honest? Yeah. Like, and mm. I'll be talking ahead here. Like, if I had a choice between Jez McLennan in the second round or even, like, a James Blank who might go later, I'd still pick a James Blank for sure at any of those teams you mentioned, you know? Sure, but James Blank is 194-centimetre exactly, key but, defender. Yeah, he is, he is, <laughs> but he can take he can take that same intercept mark that McLennan oh, can and, and play as a defender, you know? Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. it, it, for that one-dimensionality, like I said, you can make it work in a side, but I just don't see a club, unless they're badly managed paying a higher pick price for that privilege when there are more complete players later in the draft. Yeah, fair enough. Um, look, the next player definitely has an asterisk next to his name for Port Adelaide, and that's Kai Pudney, mm. who is a uh, mm. Port Adelaide Next Generation Academy member. So we have first rights to him. Yeah. Um, he played at Woodville West Torrens this year. He's an outside midfielder. Um, he's definitely an exceptional athlete. Um, he's a star... Um, athlete, I guess you would say, uh, in athletics um, at junior level um, and has had a pretty decent last couple of seasons playing footy as well. Um, he was a star at under-18 level uh, for two years now. As I said, finished third in the McCallum Tompkins medal in 2017 before winning it this year, uh, which is the, uh, the underage equivalent of the McGarry medal. Um, he averaged over 31 disposals a game uh, this year and uh, probably his best performance came in the grand final, which they won with, with uh, 32 touches and six clearances. Played two games at the championships for South Australia, averaged 18 disposals and four marks a game. Um, what are your thoughts on 
Kai Pudney? My first thought is like there's two. When you're getting academy players, there's two player types that are ideal for me. And ones, some are, you know, one of them is like their top five player. Yeah, the top five player in the draft, so you get them cheap. But the yep. other type is where you think, yeah, they could add something to our side, but because they're an academy player, you don't have to pay more than you have to. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like Pudney's in that category. Like, we've got these future picks next year. It's really good because it means that there's an outside chance we'll get him just for free as a rookie. But if someone does try and have a, a crack at him late, we can make a call and go, eh, do we really want him? Oh, I don't know. And then we can just pay exactly what we have to to get him as opposed yeah. to maybe doing a speculative pick a bit earlier than he probably merits. So I, I, he's, he's the sort of player I want to have on that academy listing um, just because we do have that advantage in terms of paying his, his proper price to get him. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree. Look, he's the perfect <laughs> academy type player. As yeah. you said, you can yeah. you can get him exactly where uh, where you think um, he deserves to be if um, if someone bids. And look, I don't think a bid's going to come. No. Uh, look, there may not be a bid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Quite simply, but if he wasn't some, academy, some we really, might jump. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Look, there's some really strong parts to his game, mm. and there's some really really poor parts to his mm. game as well. Um, unfortunately, the really really poor part is his kicking. Yeah. Which is um, which is not a strong suit at all. It is uh, it's like Simon Tregenza on steroids, <laughs> um, or pretty much Kane Corns in that regard. Um, you know, he's got no sort of look. He just kicks them up and under, and he gets no real sort of pace or off the ball. Uh, so they hang in the air a long time, even if it's just like a little twenty meter kick. It still hangs in the air a long time. Yep, and um, at AFL level, that's not going to last at all, um, unfortunately for him. Look, if he could kick, he'd be a top 25 pick. Absolute lock, hands down, top 25 pick. But unfortunately, the uh, the knock on his kicking is, is that bad that, um, look, he may not even get drafted. He might not. We may not even pick him yeah. as a uh, as a rookie list player either. Um, yeah, maybe. Which is unfortunate because the rest of his game is pretty good. He's uh, an incredibly hard runner. Um, he guts run. He gut runs like nobody's business. Um, he's got pretty good size. You know, one eighty six centimeter for an outside mid. That's that's not too bad. Um, you know, and he's just a natural accumulator of the ball. One of the best in the draft. He's a good handballer. Um, he's a good mark. He can kick goals. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about him. Yeah, yeah. Look, there. There is a lot to like. There's enough there that I think that we would speculate at least on a rookie pick. Yeah. Um, and not if, if for no other reason than to sort of fill that spot that Emmanuel Eri did by sort of reaching out to the next generation academies and all that sort of thing, saying, hey, you do have a chance. Um, you know, I think that's not a terrible way to do it. Uh, and who knows? I mean, he might get over that kicking thing. It might be a Daniel Pierce thing where he needs to get his eyes tested. Who knows? Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It probably isn't that. But um, he's got that. He's got enough athleticism, uh, and he's got enough ability to find the ball that he's definitely worth a punt um, as an academy player for sure. He's basically a taller Kane Mitchell. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like he is taller. Like he's a gen- he's a proper AFL midfield height. You know, like that's yeah. that's not a deficiency for him. Um, and so that's yeah. fantastic. You know, like if he if he was at the one eighty centimeter mark, I wouldn't even be talking about him right now. We'd be saying, yeah, next. Um, yeah. But he does. He there are enough things there that are probably AFL quality. 
that even with dramatic deficiencies, you take a punt on him maybe getting past them. Yeah. Look, if if someone bids in the national draft, I'd be... <clears throat> depends where it goes, but I'm in yeah. two minds whether I'd agree with sort of picking him or not. Oh, or ma- the matching the bid or not. Like, you um, know... If it's the Sam Hayes type of situation where you can see he's still on the board, like you sort of would be thinking, no, you can have him. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of depends on who's sli- sliding and who's not. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have to keep, anyway, keep so. No, I'm, I'm still counting on pick 85 of Macca. <laughs> no, well, that, that doesn't count, I don't oh, think, because yeah, it's got no points. Oh, shit. Got okay. no points. So we'd be taking, we would have to pick him uh, using points off next year's picks, yeah. which we just traded everything to get. Um,. <laughs> So in that regard, oh, look, I'm in two minds about that. If he's there in the rookie draft, absolutely, 100%, put him yeah. on the list. Yep. Um, because there's enough there that, you know, if, if we can work on his kicking and get it to even just a bog average standard, I think there's definite AFL potential there for him and, to play games. And look, let's be honest here. Like, we're, we're talking about him just purely as poor fans, but I just don't think there's enough there that another club will think, oh, yeah, let's have a crack. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I, I, for me, if he wasn't a next generation academy player, if he didn't already have experience with Port Adelaide, I couldn't give a fig if we drafted him or not, you know. But the fact there is that yeah. connection that we do hopefully have more inside information on him that we have been guiding his development to some extent uh, for the last couple of years. Like, hopefully, that makes him a bit more valuable in my eyes. But if he was a Carlton next generation player, I'd say, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm sure there's a couple of clubs which are interested in him. Um, just for the mm. fact that you know he gets so much of the ball and he's he's clearly been damaging at underage level. Yeah, um, yeah, you know he's won awards and medals and all that sort of stuff. So I guess we'll see. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But um, as I said, put an asterisk next to his name as well. Kai Pudney might be coming to Port Adelaide. So um, <laughs> next one, yep. next one also potentially coming to Port Adelaide uh, is Martin Frederick. No, who's a. Uh, <laughs> That's a good start. 178 <laughs> centimetre, uh, small defender. Yeah. Um, he also plays for Woodville West Torrance, and um, you know he did a he's played a variety of roles throughout the year. He's played a little bit up forward, a little bit through the midfield, but mostly down back. Uh, again, he won a premiership with the under 18s with um, with Jackson Mead and Kai Pudney mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid champs, averaged 13 touches and two rebound 50s a game. And did some decent shutdown roles in defence. Uh, Your thoughts? I'm going to be blunt and just say too small, not enough X factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Look, when he gets the ball, I'm I'm okay with what he does. Uh, he's pretty safe with the ball. Uh, uses it all right. Um, yeah. Look, 178 centimeters. He's he's not. He needs to be quicker. He's not overly quick. I think. That sort of um, holds against him quite a bit. I don't think he's uh, as defensively good as what he needs to be at this point in time. Um, yeah, look, he's someone that is probably hit or miss with me. If you're under 180 centimetres and you don't have something about your game that is exceptional, you're just not going to get a shot in the AFL. Mm. Like, that's not a Port Adelaide thing that I'm saying. Like, that's pretty much any club. You know, you've got to have something yeah. like either a huge endurance or great agility or a really good footy smarts. And, yeah, he's probably okay. But that just makes you an, a state league player, pretty much. Yeah. Well, he's a good tackler. Uh, he's got 
decent sort of decent defensive instincts at times. Um, but he, again, he sort of he can run himself into trouble a little bit. Needs to be a little bit smarter sometimes. Uh, I like his hand bowling. Uh, he's got really good endurance. I like that about him. Um, but he, it just looks like he's cruising. I think that's something that I don't like about it. It just looks like he's always going in second gear. And it looks like it's doubtful that he's got a third gear to go into, sort of thing. If you get what I mean. Yeah. I'm done. If you've got more to say, say it. <laughs> um, well, look, again, oh, I can't see a bid coming for him in the national draft. Uh, if he's there in the rookie draft, do we pick him or not? No. I'm in two minds. I'm in two minds. I don't know. I don't know if we will or not. I'm no. not sure that a small defender is something that we have we a lot drafted, of need for at, at this point in time. We just drafted a bunch of small, small defenders last year late in the draft. So mm-hmm. there's not even a spot, you know, there's not even a place on our list. Like, he would be the back of, like, seven, eight players, you know. Yeah. For a back pocket spot. <laughs> for a back pocket spot, that's it. And look, that's all he's going to be. I, mm. He doesn't really have midfield potential. He's just going to be a back pocket. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, last player that we're going to talk about all this right. evening is uh, Jacob Kennelly, who's a uh, another Norwood boy. He's a 184-centimetre mm-hmm. outside midfielder, plays on a wing, uh, had a big year at under-18s level, um, averaged uh, over 23 disposals and eight marks a game. Had a good impact at the championships. Um, he was a really good player for South Australia. Averaged 18 disposals and three inside 50s a game. And uh, was probably on the verge of being All-Australian. You would say he would have been in the next two or three off the list um, there. What are your thoughts on Jacob Kennelly? Oh, look, I'm just stretching my unfair comparison muscles because they're going to get a workout right now. Um <laughs> Uh, he's a cross between Michael Stevens and Tom Richbeath. Bam! <laughs> well, that's a comparison to a hang your hat on. Michael St- Stevens and Tom Stevens. Tom Richbeath is probably a name that ninety nine percent of Port supporters would not remember at all. Uh, Tom um, Richbeath. There well, you go. I was talking about players like when I was talking about Valenti about players that sort of play like they they do. Um, like they're from, where they're from, and he's from Norwood, and he plays like it, as far as I can see. Like, and I'll get this multiple things today, but I'll start with the Norwood thing. Um, you can see him you, trying to use the wings wide, like they do at Norwood Oval, like because there's mm. always so much space, and he just seems like he likes to hang out there a lot in case the ball comes sideways to him. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, which and that's Norwood play, but it's not AFL play. Um, and then you look at his highlights. Have you looked at his highlights? Like just the highlight videos. Normally, yeah. when you see a highlight video, they cut it off before the bad thing happens. But whoever did his, they didn't do it. They showed what happens at the end of the the kick or the, the handball or whatever else. And oh my god, yeah. like it's the most clownish. It, it looks terrible. You know, when you see his stat line, you think that looks pretty good. Now you see he kicks goal and he did kick a couple of good goals mm. in the championships. Absolutely. But he kick. And you look at the highlights. He's kicking backwards. He's kicking out of bounds. Long kicks that don't hit a target cleanly. Um, he gets caught. Um, I think one he did a, a, a long run and got caught at the end of it. Uh, he, he, he just doesn't seem skilled or smart enough to play as outside as he does. He's everything we just traded Jasper Pittard out to get rid of. Um, I'm, I'm really worried. Like, yeah, absolutely, it's upside. He's good at finding a ball. He's got a lot of pace. He's got a lot of run. He's got a lot of endeavour. 
but just the things he does and what they become. Like, we've just got past Impey and Pittard and we're going to draft Kenley. I just don't see it for Port Adelaide. And I'm sure someone will give him a go. He's got enough there. But oof, 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 oof. <laughs> Scott Clayton and that, And that's it for this evening, <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> He, he's, he's, he's a Terry Wallace slash Scott, uh, Scott Clayton pick for sure. Um, right up there. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> now, yeah. now you can, now you Look, can talk I've, him up again. Sorry, I've, I've deflated I've, him as far as it'll go. <laughs> You've uh, torn him down. Now it's time to put, him, put the pieces back together. Yes, please. Uh, I hope you're not, you're not listening, Jacob. Uh, yeah, Look, I'm sorry, he's, I'm he's sorry Jacob. Of... This just all... I'm an awful person. He's, he's swung up and down my draft board. Uh, more than just about any other player. I've had him as high as 30. I've had him as low as 60. Uh, currently, he's 48, so pretty much in the middle. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know about Jacob Kennelly. There's parts to his game which I do like a lot. Like, he takes the game on. He's got an okay kick, uh, but it, it needs to be a little bit cleaner in terms of the, the actual art of kicking. Uh, it doesn't yeah. spin the right way often yeah. enough. It's yeah. sort of sort of loops and drops and does all sorts of weird um, acrobats. Um, I don't know, but he is a he's a very runner. He's a, he's a classic sort of arc-to-arc outside midfielder. And if you can work on his kicking and delivery a little bit, I think there's, there's definitely an AFL player in there because he's got enough other tools um, which will hold him in good stead. Um, he's probably... Probably lacks a little bit of pace for an outside midfielder, yep. maybe. Um, the defensive pressure, he's got none. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, tackling <laughs> needs to improve. He lacks a bit of strength. I'm really sorry. Um, but, but there is... I, I do feel like there's quite a bit to like about his game as well. And look, he was part of a, a very good... South Australian side and was almost all Australian and played very very consistent footy all he year. Did. He did. Um, whether that can uh, have any sort of uh, thing to do with his future outlook at AFL level, I'm not too sure. But I've, he definitely gets drafted. I think there's no doubt about that. He'll get drafted. Oh, Where it comes, I don't know. But yeah, I I mean, he's, oh, gosh, I mean, I, there's probably a club that'll pounce in the second round. Um, I think his value is probably maybe third round, mm. and I don't want Port to pick him at all. Even at I've got I've got thirty five to late, so it could yeah. be anywhere. It yeah. really could be anywhere. I don't, well, Port's definitely gonna, not going to. No, I know, but I'm just because he'll like, be gone. He'll be I'm, gone by. I'm the still in draft, camp. We might trade pick fifteen down, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not ruling yeah, that out. Yeah, fair enough. We've got to. We've got to keep. We've got to keep it alive, Maka. We've got to still make the comment. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, but I'm not putting an asterisk next to his name because I don't no. think we'll pick him. No. Um, I not, think... Not with our off-season I, moves, no. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. I think he fits sort of that third round sort of thing. Mm. Um, look, he could be a player that ends up playing 150 games and, and surprises, yeah. or he could like play Kate none. Simpson, yeah. yeah, he could play absolutely none as well. Good. yep. Um, that's the thing, but... Uh, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think teams like uh, Frio, Collingwood, St Kilda, and uh, and maybe Sydney will be the sorts of teams that sort of look at him. Okay. Yeah, I could see him at St Kilda. 
But I've got... He's the sort of player that they seem to like. Under yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not. I'm mm. not absolutely agree. That wasn't a sarcastic thing. I can see him at St Kilda. Mm. I'm not going to. I don't know that he'll be good for St Kilda or good at St Kilda, but I can see him being a sort of player that St Kilda. At St Kilda. Yeah. yeah, at St Kilda. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Got any big footy questions? Uh, we do, yep. So that's it for this evening with uh, the South Australians. There's more to come on Thursday, but uh, yes, we do have some uh, big footy questions. I'll, I'll uh, just, just spoil her and say I like the next match better. We'll have more to talk about on Thursday, I think. Okay, even all though, right. Even though we've already gone an hour. <laughs> that's good. Um, Fine Wines 11 has asked, that, would you take Haightley or Riley Collier-Dawkins at 15 if they were both available? Uh, I'm not keen on Hately, I've already said. Riley Collard Yorkins, I haven't dove deep into yet because we haven't done Victoria yet. So, uh, yeah, don't know. Uh, definitely keen on Hately at 15, not so keen on Collier Dawkins at 15. Mm-hmm. So, I would go Hately for sure. Uh, he also, Fine Wines, wants uh, our thoughts on training 10 or 15 or 10 and 15 in next year's first for pick six. No, no, we're not trading next no, year's first. 10 or 15 in next year's first for pick six. We Could potentially afford... nab Rankin and Smith with five and six. We hugely cannot afford to trade next year's first because of our potential ladder position, uh, given the changes we've made in this off-season. We, we can't... It would be completely and utterly irresponsible to do it. So basically what you're saying is we are going to trade next year's first. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. But, like... Yeah. Look, even I agree. Just, I agree. I don't want you, you, just, I don't want us to touch next year's first. Just, just the raw fact that just we traded it. it will make the viewing experience for every Port Adelaide fan absolutely gut curdlingly sickening for the entire off season and then most of the season. If we, if we trade our first year round pick next year, it's going to make. Oh it, look, oh. you can just you can see it happening a mile oh. off. We trade it and then you know, come yeah. round eighteen, we're sitting on four wins <laughs> and looking at pick two going to uh, someone else and uh, wanting to stab yourself in the brain with a pen. Well, even if we had a season um, like this year where mid-year you're going, oh yeah, it looked like a good trade, and then by the year end you're going, oh my god, what did we do? <laughs> and every mm. loss just compounding, not only have you lost and dropped down the ladder, but you're, you've made a worse trade last year as well. Like just yeah. that, that headache, oh, you don't need it. You don't need it as a fan, you really don't. Yep. Uh, Zach Wilde has asked uh, what number will Rankin wear? I don't know. What's what's available? I mean, no. I guess I guess you give him wing guards. Oh, right, sure. Right? You probably got to you probably got to look at the crows list and see what numbers are available Ooh-hoo. there. I think. But, uh, curly one there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about him in detail on Thursday. Okay. Uh, Johns has asked uh, why do I have a massive dislike of Kennelly? I can see why. <laughs> I can see. I can see why people like him. I just can't get over his flaws. I think we answered that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johns oh, also good. has said, um, do, you, do you expect a bit on Pudney in the third and loading up on future thirds next year was partly due to the mm. fact that if, uh, if we Pudney in the third round? Nah, I reckon it's entirely to do with probably with Mead, really, for next year. Yeah, I think it's more to do with Mead and Burgoy next year. Mm. And, um, mm. You never know. Look, third round might happen for Pudney, but I, I still think it's likely that he'll He'll go undrafted and uh, be available in the rookie draft. Yeah, I agree. And I'd be happy with him. To, to, if, the, if someone drafts me in the third round, I'd probably be okay with letting him go, frankly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Dirty2 has asked, what KPDs could we look at for a rookie pick or two? No, I don't know enough. I haven't gone through everyone yet. 
Are you probably got a better answer for that right now? Yeah, look, it's not a big year on key defenders, to be honest. Hmm. It's not. Um, Riley Grundy might fall through, maybe. Oh, no. Um, Kyle Reid, maybe, but doubtful. Um, James Plank, again, maybe, but doubtful. Stefan Radovanovic, maybe, but doubtful. Look, I I have a feeling it's going to be the sort of year where a lot of key defenders go in that sort of third to fourth round uh, area, and there's not going to be a whole lot left in the rookie draft, to be honest. It's not a big year for key defenders at all. And look, uh, not... So if we were hoping to nab one, then we've probably got to look mature age. And I don't think there's any chance that Grundy falls that far because I think Collingwood will use him as insurance as much as anything else. And he's probably talented enough to go in the draft anyway, in my view. Yeah. Um, when do you add the flavouring to your cup noodles, asks Fine Wines 11? Uh, after the water goes in? Yeah, I would have thought that would have been uh, standard practice. Yeah, I would have thought. Well, because it's, I mean, because or the, after the water goes in, or before you pour the water in. Well, no, because um, the, the problem is that while the noodles are dry, like you can't really mix the herbs in without breaking them all down in little bits. Um, so you pour the the herbs in, and then just end up with a clump uh, attached to like a few noodles. Whereas if if, if um, you know if you put them in first, because the herbs will fall through, and then you whereas if you mix it with the water, the water will make the whole the whole mixture um, stir more thoroughly, and you can get a proper spread of the, the, the seasoning and all that throughout the whole batch mm. of noodles as opposed to, you know, dumping it on dry stuff. Yeah. Can't say I've had a cup of noodles in... Uh, no. Pff, not, oh. not, uh, long time. Long time. Not this, not this decade, at least, I would say. Mm. And probably mm. pushing it for last decade as well, I would say. Fair enough. There you go. It was a, it was a school staple. Um, but, yeah, it's been a long time. I'm more of a pack of pasta sort of man. Myself. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, it Just Is has asked, um, there's plenty of talk on Big Footy about Rankin or Rosie at pick five and Haightley at pick ten. Any other South Australians you think are a chance at 15? Um, look, I have to, because I haven't done all my prep for Thursday yet. I'm going to throw out an early Hugo Munn, but that would be early, I think, even at this oh, stage. It's real early, goodness. real early. But I, I like oh, him. I can't wait I to like talk him. about that. Yeah, me either. Me either. We'll be talking about that. I reckon so. Like I said, I haven't done all my... I haven't gone through and then gone through with the detailed notes or anything like that with Hugo Munn yet. Um, although I've written down a few things, but I don't know. Like, I like him. <laughs> that's all I'm going to mm. say. What his pick value is, I'm not sure. But that's about okay. it, really, for me. I'm not big on him, so I, that, okay. that'll be something to look forward to. That will be fun. Um, as I said, I think there is, depending on who else we get, I think there is a slim chance that Luke Valenti might be in for pick 15. Nah. Um, slim chance. And it, it is entirely dependent. Honestly, for me, I think the most likely thing for a South Australian to get to pick 15 would be if they dropped, if, if they dropped to pick 15. Oh, what was that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? I don't, it was don't just a weird noise. That's okay. But yeah, like if if you know if if for some reason a Hately did drop, or indeed if a, a Rosie did drop to pick fifteen, I think that's more likely than anything else. Yeah. Uh, Filthy has uh, a few questions here. Interested Ooh. in hearing about Nietzsche, seeing him in a few games, still haven't nailed down what type of player he is. 
What are his strengths? What position does he play at AFL? I think we've kind of answered that. Yeah, we have. And yep. You see him as more of that Rover, sort of a nuggety Rover type. Okay. Um, Nelson51 has said, will we be 18th after round one? Possible. <laughs> very possible. We'll look at, very, very possible. If there's one thing Melbourne will do, and this is, again is a symptom of a midfield heavy side, um, is that midfield heavy sides can win by huge amounts because they're just controlling the ball in the middle and just bombing it enough that they get a huge score. Or if they're starfoot in midfield, they can completely bottom out. Like It's just how midfield heavy sides play. So, yeah, it's entirely possible that we'll get completely yeah. blown out of the water. Yes. And Ports to get Lukosius, wouldn't that be great, has asked, um, could it happen? Um, could it happen? I don't know what it is, but could it no, happen? No, because like for me, okay, let's, let's, let's do the dream scenario. Let, let's say that Carlton pick Walsh. Let's say that... Gold... Well, I'm not even sure if this is... No, Ports to get Lukosius is the username. Oh, okay. I thought that was the question. No, no, that's just the username. Well, the, the, uh, the question is, could it happen? So maybe it is relating to the username. I don't I know. Sh- I assume that. I don't know. What, what is it? I don't know. If it's not related maybe to that, it is, maybe I don't it's know. not. I don't yeah. know. Don't know. Depends what it is. But uh, if it is related to Port getting Lukosius, <laughs> no, zero, zero chance. There is zero chance that yeah. that will happen. No. Like the, even... Well, I say there's zero chance, but the only way it would happen is if we trade up to pick two. Honestly, which I would think is a zero point zero zero one percent chance of ever happening. As much as we say that, I was in the we've got zero chance of getting Ollie Wines camp, so I can be wrong. Um, and look, I was in the zero chance that um, Gold Coast will trade pick two for Lockie Weller. So you never know. <laughs> there you go. You never know. Look, for me, the only way it happens is if Gold Coast just gets completely gun shy and they do something like draft the Twins at picks two and three. Yeah, and even then, I don't see Lukosius falling past St Kilda. <laughs> oh. No, well, they need a key forward, don't they? Yeah, right. So, so even the ideal circumstances, well, it can't actually happen, in my view. And even then, I don't think. Yeah, look, I don't think St Kilda would. You know, even if we traded all our picks for pick four, <laughs> I don't think St Kilda would accept. Not if um, the closest was on the table, no. Nah. And <laughs> look, I think the Crows would probably do the same. They'd throw 8, 13, 16, and 21. Mm, Adam for mm, pick four, mm. and uh, I'm still not sure they'd accept that if yeah. Lukosius was there. Yep. But you never know. You, you never, know. never know. You never know. That's it. It's a All magical right, time it. of year. <laughs> it is. That's right. <laughs> that's it. We'll uh, we'll come back on Thursday and talk about the second batch of potential South Australian draftees, including guys like Isaac Rankin and Connor Rosie, who uh, are definitely related to Port's chances on draft night. Yeah, and look, I mean, Halloween's coming up, and if you're going to Halloween, maybe you could uh, go as a costume like portraiting further up in the draft. But I, I mm. don't know what that would look like. I don't know, maybe Not have sure lots, of little, like. lots of little photos of Lukosius all over your top or something, and then just frown all night and cry occasionally. That's, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> not at all. And on okay. that note, <laughs> thanks very much, and Khan the pair. Khan for... Dobai Broadbent through the middle of the ground. Now a long kick down in the Paul Stewart direction. He marks and plays on. He keeps his footing. Got away from Ferrito to put the oh, ball. 